What's up, writers and weavers? Jenny and Katrina here. We're just a couple of authors and magic seekers looking to have some fun. Join us in our ramblings about all things fantasy, paranormal fiction, and magical realism. Whether you're an aspiring novelist or a best-selling author, this podcast is for you. Our goal is to help you iron out your fantasy world and open up the floor to a weird and witchy conversation. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hello, Katrina. Hey, Jen. <laughs> How are you? I'm as good as one can be in the morning times. <laughs> what time is it over there? Uh, it's not that early, actually. People would make fun of me if they knew. Uh, it's almost 9 a.m., so that's totally okay. normal. <laughs> yes. Uh, just not used well, to being being talky. It's talky in the morning. Yeah, not I feel yeah. Yeah, we're not morning people here. <laughs> what time is it there? It is 1.47 p.m. Can you hear dogs barking outside? Uh, no, not right now. I don't. 1.47 is such a beautiful time. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, so um, I think we need to go over what we missed last episode. <laughs> yes, embarrassingly so. Um, what did we miss, Jen? <laughs> Okay, so we went through all of this um, trouble to um, give a list of our the books that inspired our world building, but we didn't actually clarify what world building is for anyone who doesn't quite understand that term. So do you want to... What? I was just going to say, I think we took for granted because we're speaking to fantasy writers that, yay, well, it's a term we don't have to dive into, but we should. And Essentially, what you're doing is you're creating a. It's in the name. You're you're creating a world, um, and you're making your fictional world feel uh, as real as it can by establishing um, things like a magic system, uh, politics, uh, the religious belief systems, uh, history, geography. It can be down to really any detail you'd like to make it feel really, really real. And it's just as much mm-hmm. about uh, creating culture, I think, as much as the landscape. Right. And you get to make up your own rules, um, but they should be consistent. So, for example, if you have a character who has a magical power, don't automatic, don't shut it off. If that magical power becomes inconvenient to the plot line, you have to work that in. Um, And so it has to follow some sort of logic, not necessarily science, but logic. So when I say logic, not science, what, I, what I'm thinking of is the example of t- a time travel plot. Like if you mm-hmm. make up the rules for how time travel works, you got to stick to them. And what I wanted to add is that I'm sure everyone listening already does world building on their own, but maybe they just didn't know the term world building. Mm, right. Yeah. yeah. Good yeah. point. I like that you said that. I just automatically thought of The Flash. I don't know if you've ever seen The Flash. <laughs> And you know the, the the multiverse and like the, uh, yeah. like the timelines and how they're always stuck with with that. Say and they do really stick to their science, you know. So that's yeah, uh, exactly. That's always yeah. That's always super fun. I like that getting stuck in your own rules. Work around that. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, also, it make it uh, makes your 
It makes your story way more relatable, believable. It won't piss your readers off if you just just change your mind about a rule every now and then when it's convenient. So just stick with that. Right. And and I mean, you don't have to go all J.R. token on everyone's ass, but like if you want to create a handbook, go for it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good idea. You should actually make your own um, handbook if you're not even if you're not planning on doing anything with it. It helps to keep your information organized. Oh, we should do a podcast episode on your obsession with Excel. <laughs> I could give tutorials, although no, I probably can't. I just use the same functions over and over again, like multiple colors and multiple tabs, <laughs> basically. You go. Make it pretty. Make it pretty. That's all that counts. Yeah. Okay, let's dive into our topic. Okay, so our topic for today is self-publishing for first-time fantasy authors. And I should say that you will, you have your own perspective on this, your own personal story in this. Uh, so you'll be doing most of the talking from that point of view. Um, and I'm pretty sure your story will be very inspirational. Oh, I hope so. I mean, uh, I'm never going to, I'm not going to go out and say this is the right choice for everyone because it, it certainly isn't. And it was a really, really tough choice for me. I, I thought I was going traditional my whole life. I thought I'd go traditional, mm. but it uh, turns out I didn't want to deep, 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 deep down. <laughs> we'll get into that. So Katrina, can you tell everyone what does self-publishing actually mean? Well, essentially it, it means publishing independently. Um, and what that means is that you have complete creative control over your book. Uh, so any decisions associated with your, with your book and, uh, you get to keep all your rights. So typically when you go with a traditional publisher, you have to sign away your rights. And, um, that's one of the biggies. Can you, can you explain what you mean by rights? Um, your story rights. So, um, Oh my God, I'm not like a lawyer, but <laughs> but basically, um, when you sign away your rights, I think, for instance, if if like there's a movie deal out there, uh, right. that, and they they want to make a movie out of your book, the publisher has the final say and is the negotiator, and uh, probably keeps most of the profits and all that kind of thing. Um, okay. If there are listeners out there who know way more about this, please let us know. I will gladly. Yeah correct that and elaborate the next time but that's that's pretty mm. much what that means okay cool so what are some can we think of some examples of self-published authors oh yes 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 well one of my favorites i think she was a huge influence for me actually i i started listening to her youtube channel first her name's jenna moresti big shout out if you happen to listen to this uh that would be fantastic i'd fangirl all over that <laughs> <laughs> She's a uh, an author of um, the dark fantasy, The Savior's Champion. Um, she has the sequel out now, The Savior's Sister. And she swears by indie publishing. Um, yeah, she definitely influenced my decision. She has yeah. uh, her channel talks about, um, well, the writing itself, of course, and also just uh, why self-publishing worked so well for her. And anyway, she, yeah, she makes a living off what she does and, um, she lives off her book sales and her and her channel, of course, because that was a huge, huge a way for her to build her platform. That was yeah. her platform. Yeah. Um, so she's a great example of of successful self-published author uh, who lives by her own rules. There you go. 
There's another um, author here, Rachel Abbott. I confess I've never read this book. It's called Only the Innocent. Um, and I think it reached top of the the top of the charts um, in three months when she published it in 2011. And by 2015, she was named Amazon's best-selling independent author in the UK. So now she has 11 novels out. Wow. Sorry, yeah. that's just a lot. <laughs> it is. Yeah, just to clarify, she yeah, it was a top spot on the Kindle store for for 3 months, yeah, which is sorry. which is amazing. I mean, Kindle is Kindle is like huge and and competitive and everyone's on there. So, that's that's a, that's amazing. And yeah. She did it all. Yeah. She did it all herself. Yeah. Okay, so can we um, think of any others? Yeah, I was going to segue into that. I might sneeze, though, which is why it took so long. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so other popular self-published titles. Um, these, you most of you have heard of um, yeah. Milk and Honey by Rupi, Rupi Kart. Am I pronouncing that last name right? I believe so. Okay, well, she built her platform on Instagram. Super interesting. Um, she started off just like a self, she self-published some a poetry collection and it just like blew up. So she, she sold over 2.5 million copies and was the New York Times bestseller, um, was on the New York Times bestseller list for over a year. And now she's represented by Simon & Schuster. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of these authors start out self-publishing and then when big publishers see how much money they can make off of them, they scoop them up. Yes. But I do that said, because like a lot of people are think that way too. They think, well, I'm just going to self-publish and then, you know, someone will find me. Someone will discover my magnificence. And yes, that can happen. And we've seen it happen, but it shouldn't be the reason you go indie. Um, it, it's very rare agents don't really want to I'm saying this very generally they don't want to get into it as much with you if you're already self-published they'd rather yeah I'm not sure why and and maybe that's changing and I do hope that's changing but um okay so if you're going indie I think keep in mind that's your that's the choice you're making and um you could switch to traditional eventually you could try but i don't think it's the route to get there necessarily okay makes sense yeah uh just to jump on more titles here because there's such great self-published books here like the martian i don't know if anyone knew that you know the movie with matt damon it was based on uh yeah (laughs) hey matt (laughs) love you matt (laughs) i love him anyway that's not ridiculous Yes. And and uh, can I just say <laughs> quickly, tangent. She's blushing, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, I am. No, quick tangent. He's a great guy all around. Um, I won't say names. I have a friend who met him uh, due to like a family connection. And, and he's actually super down to earth and completely awesome. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's he's the best. Anyway, that was the sound of me being lustful, by the way. (laughs) That was really attractive. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Oh, okay. So one more. Wait, Uh, what were you saying? uh, Oh, Oh, sorry. (laughs) We got flustered by Matt. (laughs) We 
we jumped ahead. We're like, Matt just took over. Let's just move on. It's no use. Yeah. So back to the the reason why we we mentioned Matt Damon. Yeah. So the writer actually, um, he didn't even intend to make money from this. He he wrote it simply because he enjoyed it, and I really do hope that is everyone's um, <laughs> intent at the start. Mm-hmm. Um, but a traditional publisher found the book and bought the rights, and that was pretty much it. And and and, and then um, the film just um, just happened and. I just love this. <laughs> this is just amazing. Yeah. Okay. Bye, Matt. I love you. Moving on. Oh, oh yeah. Sorry. When I didn't mention it, it started off as a blog, apparently. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're very backwards on this. Day. Matt Damon is extremely, yeah. done extremely to us? distracting. Yeah. God. Did he serialize <laughs> the story in blog posts? That is what I'm understanding. Wow regular charles dickens i'm sorry i know that's that's what's in the notes here but um yeah if we're again if we're wrong if you guys if you if there are some martian and matt damon um <laughs> like like huge huge fans please tell us how we can correct this yeah. we'll, we will forget to google this after. yeah yeah for sure <laughs> okay <laughs> um i have one more title i want to add the, the mm-hmm. book still alice by lisa genova um, I don't know if that title sounds familiar to you, but in 2014, Julianne Moore won the Academy Award for Best Actress um, in the movie adaptation. Um, and the author, Lisa Genova, started out selling copies from the boot of her car for two years. Um, but if you think about it, it can take that long for even traditional books, to traditionally published books to make that much of a splash. So, um, yeah. That's so true. That's a good point. Um, I mean, again, we'll get into that um, later, but it's not—it's not instant. That's for sure. Yeah. This isn't to say, um, like indie publishing's super easy, um, or that you know you'll definitely be able to make a living off being an author if you go indie. And we're we're not saying that. These are just these are really great examples. Uh, there there are also exceptions. I mean, it it takes a lot of time, a lot of work. Whether you're going traditional or indie, you're going to have to write a lot of books, build a platform, get in front of readers. It's all about targeting your audience and, and building your audience. But um, yeah, these these people worked hard, too. It's for sure. Yeah. And one thing you should probably keep in mind is that you really need to have a thick skin because if you're going to give up after the first rejection then you're not going to make it because it's all about rejection, baby. <laughs> you will get re- rejected by agents. And if you're indie, you will get rejected by readers because they'll be like, Oh God, it, I know it's just throat. sometimes uh, you're targeting and intentionally the wrong reader. Uh, yeah. And, and yeah. so they're picking up your, let's say, you know, their YA, your YA, and they find it's, it's actually younger, it, it reads younger than that, or they're picking up, picking up your new adult, and they think it reads to YA or whatever, like, people have preferences, and they'll call mm-hmm. you out on it. And they'll, they'll write that shit out on Goodreads. And <laughs> it's no fun. <laughs> she says bitterly. The tone. <laughs> okay, well, we should act, maybe we can get into that after just, um, yeah, what you as part of your 
journey. Um, do you want do you want me to talk a little bit about uh, traditional publishing now? Please do. Let's let's sing their praises too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. I, that wasn't sarcastic, by the way. <laughs> okay. So traditional publishing, in case you aren't aware, um, is considered by many authors as the benchmark of success for um, anyone starting out. Um, and I think it's the fact that just knowing that your story has been passed through various rings of fire, many stages of um, approval and finally to get that reward at the end with the publisher stamp is just so deliciously gratifying. I get it. Mm -hmm. Um, And the recognition and the potential potential for lots of sales. Yeah. The potential. (laughs) The potential. I don't know if it's, I don't know if um, the, the fact that you can make millions and millions of dollars is everyone's <laughs> primary objective going the traditional publishing route. But if that is, I mean, if you want to make like stupid money, like Stephen King money, then traditional publishing is probably where you'll find that. Not that I just want to mention that that is very rare <laughs> to, to make is. that much money. I yeah. didn't want to interrupt you there, but yes. Uh, and the profit margins are a lot lower when you go traditional. Yeah. 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 You'd have to make, you'd have to sell way more copies to basically Mm -hmm. become quite rich. Okay, so examples of traditional publishers are HarperCollins, Simon & Schuster, House of Nancy, which is quite a small house, Penguin Random House, Raincoast Books, Bloomsbury, blah, blah, blah. Okay. (laughs) I'm pretty sure HarperCollins, Simon & Schuster, and and, uh, Penguin Random House are all, they're all household names. Yeah. Um, Macmillan, Macmillan is also part of it. Scholastic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the pros and cons of traditional publishing. Uh, One of the pros are there's no upfront costs. So if you're a starving artist, artist, um, you don't really have to spend, well, I should, I'm not sure if I should say that because if you are trying to submit your, um, if you're trying to get an agent, your manuscript has to be polished as fuck. So you have to hire a professional editor. So keep that in mind. But aside from that, you don't have to pay for the cover design. You don't have to pay for uh, any big marketing campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other side, you also don't have to make any of the de- these decisions uh, in terms of editing well, final editing and cover design and proofreading and typesetting and all that. You don't have to worry about worldwide distribution. You don't have to worry about um, international rights, uh, all that stuff. Yeah, it's great. It's like if if you just you're just concerning yourself with um, you're writing your wonderful story and like, OK, let's let's get that out there. Let's hand it hand it over. I don't want to have to do anything else. <laughs> it's yeah. Perfect. For you yeah it is um yeah and i guess we could jump into some cons as well yeah um so a lot of people think when you're going traditional they'll give you some big advance they'll be like hey here's a you know fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollar check um maybe back in the day i'm not sure right now um especially if you're a first-time author i mean you might ex- like i think it's like five to ten thousand like maybe um, probably way less in Canada. Could be less. Yeah, I think so. Um, so, so yeah. And uh, as we mentioned before, per sale, you are making a lot less. Um, the publisher is making 
more than you, <laughs> the, the, the retailers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and um, you still have to do a lot of the marketing. I know we mentioned, I mean, yeah, definitely the publishing house will do bulk of the marketing. You have a team behind you. So here's the thing when you're a first time author, they won't spend their marketing budget uh, on you. <laughs> they will They will do the bare minimum. And it's not just to say like, oh, those bastards, you know, like, no, they, it, it makes sense. They, they will spend more on their more established authors. Yeah. Uh, and you do have to do a lot of the work yourself still. Like if you, um, if you do have the desire to build, um, to, to launch a YouTube channel or a podcast or uh, whatever, like just do it because even if you're going traditional, because first of all, they'll love that. They'll love that you're building your own audience and you're taking mm-hmm. initiative. Oh yeah. And, uh, you're, you'll need it and you want to connect with your readers in on a personal level as much as you can. Uh, that's yeah. what I want to say about that. Yeah. So, uh, other, I guess, con for me was you sign away your rights, which we talked mm-hmm. about. Uh, you don't make the final story decisions. I don't know the extent of that, but I know that they're not like, you're not the final say, like if your editor says, no, this absolutely needs to go. Like, there's no question. You got to do it. They own your rights. And the last thing, yeah, it can take years to finally release your book. So if you're really like, if you're a quick writer, um, as in you like to to write a book every six months or a book a year um, and you want to get it out there and like that's your jam, like I think indie might be great for you because you can just publish those really quickly. You can get them on Kindle, Unlimited, get a lot of readers that way. Mm -hmm. And um, you could build your author name pretty quickly traditional might take a longer it could take could take up to two years or more to get your book out because it's their agenda like if your book release is if your book is similar to one of their bigger artists uh authors and um and it's like supposed to release around the same time they'll just push yours back because that one's more just, just like as an example so um you never know when your book will actually get out into the world that's one thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay so i i want to talk about this but i don't want to call it a con because this is just part of this is the name of the game if you go traditional publishing obviously you have to have an agent um and there are fewer and fewer publishing houses that will accept unsolicited manuscripts um, I can I can only think of very small publishing houses that might accept them. So basically, no unsolicited mail, which means that you need to find an agent who will represent you when they go and try and sell your book to these publishers. And I cannot stress this enough that finding an agent is, I mean, at least for me, because I'm going through this process right now, finding an agent is stressful. Um, and I've noticed, and I mean, I should mention that I'm trying to find agents in the UK only at the moment, but it seems as if there are not that many agents who are willing to take on genre fiction unless it's crime uh, or crime thriller. I'm not sure why I think it's possibly possible because I don't know, maybe it's because those books seem to sell a lot. Like I'm thinking of Paula Hawkins. Um, so obviously the fewer agents there are, 
the more competitive it is. So all of those manuscripts get funneled into just these this handful of agents, which means their slush pile is absolutely humongous. So if you want to find an agent, you have to make sure that your um, manuscript, your synopsis, and your query letter are extremely polished. There's literally nothing wrong with it. Grammar is perfect. Um, you follow all of the rules that are written in their submission guidelines. Um, and there's obviously no guarantees that an agent will will pick it up. I mean, it's not. it might not have anything to do with your with your talent, it could just be that they don't see it being marketable or sellable at that time because they know the trends. They can um, they can tell what's going to sell in a few months, or they know how to market your your novel. So if they don't think it's marketable, then they won't. They just won't bother. So it's not a con, but it's part of the challenge of going traditional. Is that big, big step of finding an agent? Totally. <sighs> Yeah, no, well said and, and well-deserved sigh. I know you've been going through quite a bit there. <laughs> it's just a synopsis. It's driving me crazy. Anyway. Oh, God. We should do a whole thing on how to write a synopsis. But at the same time, I, I might shoot myself in the process. Oh, God. I'm in that phase right now. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing I should mention is that when you – this is a con. You have to submit your <laughs> synopsis with your um, – like as your submission package. And it, I think the synopsis used to be five to seven pages, double space, but agents have no time to do this anymore. So they want it as condensed as possible. And we were talking about world building. So you have to figure out what like the most crucial points of your humongous epic, how that all fits in 300, pa- uh, 300 words. I just, this is what's driving me crazy right now. Anyway. <laughs> Water break. Water break. Body break. <laughs> We're sponsored by Fiji Water. <laughs> Taste the islands. <laughs> Crikey. <laughs> okay, so now that I've outlined all the challenges um, of traditional publishing, Katrina. Can you tell me what are the pros and cons of self-publishing or indie publishing? Pros, as you know, and as I've said, full creative control, uh, scalability, um, quicker to bookshelves. Like I said, it could take a, quite a bit of time if you if you go traditional. Um, higher profit margin, your story rights are your own. And final say in literally everything, if that is important to you. There are definitely cons, though. Um, Okay, so the marketing. Yes, you have to do your own. You have to do a lot of your own marketing if you go traditional. But they they know what they're doing. They're you have a team. They're guiding you. They're they're helping you out. They're still doing a lot of it. But uh, so indie, it is just a hundred percent up to you, and it it's so tough. There's a lot going on going on out there. Like um, you have to figure out you know book funnel and do your own book tours. Um, which you can do virtually now, by the way, which is cool. Nice. Yeah. I'm going to do it soon, actually. But anyway. <laughs> oh, so, really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's called es- Espresso Tours, and um, and they, they handle that sort of thing. And I'm excited. I don't know what it entails, honestly, so don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're not there yet. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. And then more cons, the writer 
covers all costs. It is, yeah. it is a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, cover design's expensive. Um, all the editing steps are expensive. Um, so how much do you think, um, like, what do you think is the minimum a writer would want to spend, at least in Canada? I'm going to say 5000 I'm going to say $5,000. Oh, my God. Yeah. So what does that include? Um, I mean, a couple grand already on editing, a couple grand already on cover design, I would think. If you're really going, I mean, look, there's, you, you can... You can find cheaper. It, it really depends on what um, the artist you fall in love with or the editor you really, really want to work with and their experience and all of that. Um, but I say you need at least that much because you're also trying to um, trying to get marketing off. Uh, oh, now I hear your dog's barking. <laughs> All right. you're, try- you're also trying to, you know, you're getting on Instagram. Maybe you're messaging influencers and um some some there's some paid reviews out there that are worth it because they have so many followers and lots of great like lots of engagement so um i've paid i've paid um instagrammers to edit uh, to edit <laughs> to review my book so there's that and like i said there's book tours and that costs as well it, it like i said it could be less if you really really go like the bare minimum but it, then you have limitations essentially you get what you pay for yeah i would say that I would say that not to say you won't discover some, you know, phenomenal talent who's maybe under undermining their own, um, their worth, but, uh, yeah, you get what you pay for anyway. So that's very overwhelming. The steps you take, uh, to do that, like to, you know, get it on, um, Amazon and then in Ingram spark and ordering your author copies to proof them. And, uh, there's all these things you got to do by yourself. So it, it could be overwhelming to a lot of people. And, Unless distribution, for sure, you have to get out there and try to do that yourself. You, it's definitely possible. For example, Jenna Moresi, as I mentioned earlier, she's you can find her book literally anywhere. So, um, mm. yeah, got to work super hard. Okay, well, that number really surprises me. Oh, man, that makes me a little bit sad because people listening to this might be like, oh, crap, I'm 19 years old and I'm sitting on this novel that I wrote. Um. And yeah, I, I want to get it out there and I just do not have the cash. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You could, like I said, keep your costs really low, especially for your first book. You can you can definitely get lower uh, than five and get a, a, a much more, you know, uh, I guess like be- maybe a beginner editor who has super who's super talented, just doesn't have a bunch of books under their belt and they'll they'll charge you less. Same with cover design. Okay. I mean, you, you could do all these things. Um, and then in the end, uh it's never too late to market. It really isn't. So if you don't have the funds now for the book tours, for, you know, getting more reviewers, for putting it up on, um, on NetGalley and those review sites and stuff, just wait and accumulate your money and do it as you go. And it's, and keep writing books. Cause that's the thing that'll get you the, the mm-hmm. most, yeah, the most, um, recognition and, and, uh, build your audience and, work on your social channels and there's so many other ways too. I'm just saying, I guess if like, if you're a picky, picky, picky person like me, <laughs> I, yeah. you know, um, I, I guess I, I chose, you know, the, I went with a company actually. So what I did was 
I went with a, a sort of hybrid, like she, um, it's called Cat Biggie Press and they help indie authors with all of this stuff. Cause guess what? It was very overwhelming for me too. Okay. And I would just to add to that, I think that if you are looking to cut costs, I would say the two, maybe the two things that you shouldn't, you really shouldn't um, skimp out on is the editing and the cover design because people buy books. Exactly. They definitely judge books by their covers. And and full disclosure, Katrina is my book editor. But I have to say that I feel so much more um like it's not even it's a non issue for me. I know that my book is completely polished because you're a professional editor and you looked at it. So I think even if you have someone in your family or in your friendship group that's really good at reading, knows grammar, um, that's not good enough. You need to have someone who knows how to edit, which is, it's different from knowing how to conjugate verbs. You know what I mean? <laughs> thanks, thanks for saying that, Jen. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to maybe go over some self-publishing do's and do nots? <laughs> Yeah. Why don't you begin? Okay. Well, I kind of just said this, but do hire an editor. That's it. <laughs> yes, I agree. And that, but that also goes for traditional publishing. Like, um, by the if you get picked up by an agent and they take it to a publishing house and they say, yes, we want this book, you will face more editors, but I just mean hire an editor before you even send it to an agent because they know the difference between something that's, they just don't want to have to deal with um, a messy manuscript. It's extra work for them. So just edit, get your book edited before you even send it out. Okay. Got it. I think you'll, you'll already be ahead of so many. Uh, what do you call those people? Not applicants, you know, uh, so, 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 submitters. <laughs> Submissives. <laughs> God. Okay, so that's a do. Yes. Um, don't cheap out on cover design, which is also what you just said. Um, mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah, no, I got I actually got so many compliments on my cover. My cover designer was awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Literally, I didn't even know what I wanted. I sort of sent her like the elements and colors I liked, and she's just like, bam here it is and I'm like okay (laughs) it's fantastic your cover is so beautiful and it's so perfect for your story I love it thank you thank you um move on yes okay so I do do expect to work your ass off and I guess that goes for traditional traditional publishing as well but you're just gonna have to work so much harder for self-publishing don't don't expect a free ride don't put it out there and just be like ah everyone will find it you're going to have to work hard, but that's okay. Cause it's your baby and you want it to flourish, right? Yes. Authors are marketers just as much as they are writers. And that is a harsh reality and accept it now or be gone. Yes. Okay. <laughs> be gone, you. So that brings us to don't give up. Can yeah. I just sing some, can I just sing, sing some Rick Astley for a little bit? Never going to give, never going to give. Never gonna give you up. Never gonna let you down. <laughs> Damn you, Rick Astley. Damn you. He comes to me at the strangest times. <laughs> I can't. Oh my god. 
you, you talk now. Oh, sorry. Yes. <laughs> okay. Another doo-doo. Another do. I mean, not a doo-doo. Another do. <laughs> is. Yes. Oh, that makes me think of Chandler Bing. I know. Okay. So uh, do start marketing at least three months before the release date. Let me tell you something. <laughs> please, please do this. And um, I mean, do it even earlier. Do it a year before. You just can't. You can't start early enough. Like just as the earlier you build your audience, the the more likely you'll get um, a lot of sales on your launch week, and and that might render you also on the Amazon bestseller list for a week or or so. Which happened to me. Like it, it's definitely possible as an indie author. So build your audience and your platform, and do it literally right now. Okay, so when you say start marketing a year before, you mean as you're writing it, start gaining traction, telling people about it, getting those hashtags in. Yeah, give people snippets, talk talk about, you know, topics that are like relevant to your book or your world, or I don't know if you're writing about werewolves, you know, slap some mythology in there and like make your posts mm-hmm. really weird and cool and interesting and um start a newsletter and I don't know, start a podcast or whatever. Like just uh, do whatever you can. Okay. Sound advice from a sound woman. (laughs) Oh God. Okay. Okay. Good advice. Anything else? Yeah. (laughs) Right. So, um, don't expect your book to climb to the top of the bestseller list without doing any of the work. Because like we mm-hmm. said, it's possible. You just um, got to work hard, but it's possible. So keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, I think if you are in this for instant fame, then you need to check yourself because this <laughs> is you're in for the long haul. Really, you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And don't worry if you're I guess this is a don't, so don't worry. <laughs> don't worry, be happy. That's two song breakouts, Jen. God. <laughs> that is two and counting. Okay. Do not worry if your first book doesn't make you famous. That is super rare for any first-time author, whether you're going traditional or not. So just, you know, write more books, connect with readers, and that is the magic formula, people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, I think we're running out of time, but is there anything else you wanted to add about your personal story with self-publishing your book? I just want to say it's really uh, it's really up to you what um, whether you go indie or traditional. It's not the choice for everyone, and it's probably obvious why by now why I did go indie. Um, I'm just a nitpicky person and about everything. And I wanted the final say on everything on my cover and uh, on my story. And when it was released, that was important to me too. I wanted it released around Halloween. So things like that really just made me nervous about going traditional. I actually, I actually uh, like did the query letter. I did the agent list. I did all of that. And then I just sort of got sick to my stomach. And then that's how I knew it wasn't for me. So just pay attention to, your reactions about all these things and and um and you'll be fine no choice is the wrong choice 
Yeah, because I I I was planning on um, going the same route as you, and then I realized that that's not really what I wanted to do. I still want to go traditional, so I guess we strike a balance. Absolutely, well, that was fun. <laughs> Thus concludes our little bit of advice about self-publishing versus traditional publishing. Hope you got something out of that. No matter which one you choose, just give it all you got, bitches. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cut. That's it, writers, weavers, and magic seekers. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Writing the Broom for all podcast-related goodies. Including upcoming episodes, witchy content, and our random thoughts. Until next time.